Welcome to Texoga Talks, where energy meets insight. The purpose of this podcast is to provide you with a candid conversation about our energy needs, our energy security, and your energy future. Texas oil and natural gas have made our nation the world's energy leader. Constantly innovating and investing to fuel the economy, protect the environment, and power the world. This industry is fast-paced, high-tech, and essential to improving modern life. And we're here to talk about it. You're listening to Texoga Talks, where energy meets inside. Hello, I'm Todd Staples, just a few blocks from our Texas State Capitol, here to bring to you the first episode of Texoga Talks, a podcast that's encouraging a candid conversation about our energy needs and our energy future. The Texas Oil and Gas Association is the state's oldest and largest trade association that represents every facet of the oil and gas industry, from production to pipelines to processing to ports to LNG facilities. Uh, oil and gas companies of small mom and pop companies to some of the biggest companies in the world are members and encouraging this conversation about how we're going to power our future. I'm very glad to be joined today by the Director of Government and Regulatory Affairs from Texoga, Shannon Joyce. Shannon? Hi, I'm so happy to be here today and I'm glad that we finally started a podcast. I know, we've talked about this for a good while. We want to have a conversation with the public about our energy needs and we want to be science-based, we want to be uh, candid, and we want to encourage our listeners to bring to us different ideas and different topics that you'd like to hear about as we Talk about energy. That's right. I know a few of the things that we've talked about is um, uh, covering on this podcast includes winterization, um, gas markets, environmental progress made by industry. Um, and then you talked about, you know, we represent the different sec- sectors of the industry. And so everything from production to pipelines to LNG exports. And that's good for all consumers because uh, the world is literally at the doorstep of the state of Texas in energy need. Um, Our natural gas production in Texas has been booming these last few years. Environmental progress has been increased. And Shana, these are all good things for Texans because when oil and gas is doing well, everyone in Texas does well. And you don't have to be in the middle of the oil patch to really benefit from oil and gas. You know, I want to share a few numbers that I know you know, but I want our audience to know. Now, in fiscal year 2022, the industry supported 443,000 direct jobs with an average wage of $115,000. That ain't nothing, right? And um, our industry paid a record-breaking blockbuster number, $24.7 billion, billion with a B, in state and local, royal, um, state and local taxes and royalties, which translates to $67 million every day. That pays for Texas schools, roads, universities, and first responders, and other essential services. Shanna, those are amazing numbers. Those are numbers that are life-changing. That's Absolutely. right. And I think that we're going to be announcing some new numbers soon. Absolutely. We really are. We have uh, an energy and economic impact report that will highlight the impact that oil and natural gas has on our local schools. Right. Uh, it will impact the, it will really outline the impact that it has on, on counties and how it funds the budgets of many counties. But it also will talk about our rainy day fund, our public school foundation fund, our public university fund, and the many other things that oil and gas funds on a regular basis that 
most Texans don't know about, but certainly benefit from. That's right. And Texuga recently, um, we had a, a great addition to our team with a chief economist. We did. I'm so excited that we have Dr. Dean Foreman, who joined uh, the team at Texoga. And Dr. Foreman does a really good job uh, breaking down complex topics and making that information available to the public. And I love the way the dean explains things. I think um, he has some really great assets that we have at our fingertips here. He has a weekly chart book that has vital references on oil and natural gas markets. We have monthly reviews on energy development and enlightenment on oil and natural gas value chains. And then we also have quarterly outlooks, which reviews the economy and oil and gas markets. And so um, our listeners can um, check out more on those at texoga.org slash economics. And Shana, I think it'd be a good idea just to have Dr. Foreman as a regular guest on this program where listeners can hear directly from him on a real-time basis of how oil and natural gas is fueling our economy providing opportunities for Texans, creating jobs. Uh, we've had many more jobs created here just this last year. And hey, having a job is a good thing. Having a job is a great thing. Um, and I know that Dr. Foreman will love to join us on this podcast. You know, what we really want to talk about as we, as we discuss these items is that oil and natural gas is making our lives better. We're living longer, we're living healthier, we're living more prosperously because we have a robust economy and because we, we have a readily available fuel supply. I mean, our energy needs to be reliable, mm -hmm. it needs to be affordable, and it needs to be um, one that is moving our, our world forward. And I'm glad that Texas is at the epicenter of doing just that. If you think about it, 96% of the products that we use each and every day comes from oil and gas. Oil and gas is, is a foundational component of those items from toothpaste to tires to makeups to medicine, uh, to trash bags, oil and gas is making a difference. You know, actually this fall, Texoga held a contest um, with a couple of elementary schools where we had fifth graders review some material about how oil and gas products impact their daily lives. They filled, they picked a product, um, drew a picture, and then talked about how that product is derived from oil and gas. So there were toys and makeups, perfumes. Um, it was really great to see all of the different artwork from the fifth graders. And the class that won, won a trip to the Texas State History Museum, the Bob Bullock Museum, where we have a really great um, oil and ga gas exhibit. Shana, if uh, any Texan has not been to the Texas State History Museum, the Bob Bullock Museum, I really encourage them to go take a look at it because the Bob Bullock Museum tells the history and story of Texas, obviously. But on the third floor, there is a great exhibit that you can look at. You talk about fifth graders. I know that we uh, sponsor a mobile energy learning unit where we bring information to the classroom where kids can interact and see the products and the chemicals and the things, the components that goes into making everyday, everyday products that we use. And it's so fun to see their eyes just come alive when they recognize that, hey, this is part of our world and it's making our world better. Thinking about the world, mm -hmm. we have seven to eight billion people on our planet today. Uh, that's projected to grow to 10 billion people by the year 2050. It's, it's sad to think about that 80% of the population on our planet simply lack affordable, reliable energy supplies. Uh, it, it's shocking to me to learn that three million of the people on this planet uh, use wood or dung to really power their homes and to cook their food and those kinds of things. 
And yet, instead of talking about how oil and natural gas lives, lifts millions of people out of poverty, how it improves the lifestyle of people across the globe, sometimes the conversation uh, goes to how we can do without 80% of the energy that powers our world today. And I think that's going to do a disservice to every man, woman, and child. Do we need to be cleaner and better and stronger? Yes, we do. And I'm excited that oil and natural gas companies are really leading the way when it comes to making environmental progress and improving our climate and taming our climate and enabling us to live in nice warm homes or nice cool homes, depending on what the weather's like. And it could be cold one day and hot here in another in Texas, we know. But I'm excited that we have an opportunity to have a candid conversation because I hear people talk about China doing away with fossil fuel overnight or phasing it out in six years. What would our world be like if that were the case? You know, I think that we really have to have pragmatic conversations about these. I think we're seeing a lot of um, goals that people are trying to achieve, and they're just not achievable at this point because we both know that oil and natural gas is a part of the solution. It really is, and I, and I love it. We have some great leaders in Texas. We have companies that are part of the Texas Oil and Natural Gas Association that really go out of their way to try to help provide information to the public. I was in Denver a few weeks ago, and I heard Chris Wright, the CEO of Liberty uh, Energy, give a presentation, and it really um, impressed me uh, a, a lot of the things that Chris said, but one of the things that really stuck out to me, Shana, he said, you know, I grew up thinking, oh, wow, isn't it sad how these people um, got into poverty and how they don't have the resources that they need. And Chris said, you know, I started thinking about that. People are born into poverty. Poverty is the natural human condition. And it's because we have an economy and because we have live in a country that encourages entrepreneurship and rewards uh, good work and honest work that you can lift yourself up out of poverty. And so when we think about energy, I, I'm, I'm, I grew up in the country and I love my heritage, but I'm glad I'm not milking cows or chopping wood every day. Uh, and so and it's because we have access to energy that we just sometimes take for granted. You know, Scott Tinker um, is a professor at UT, gotten to know Scott over the years, and he says a lot of good things. I'll, I'll brag on Scott a Longhorn for just a minute here. <laughs> but Scott said energy and the environment have to be discussed together or both will fail. And I think that's an important observation that we think about as we think about our energy future, our energy needs, and how we're going to meet that for the growing world's population. Thinking about our energy needs, and I mentioned the world's population that's estimated to be 10 billion people by the year 2050. Our energy supply, according to EIA, the United States Official uh, Energy uh, Administration, which provides information to us and how we, it keeps up and tracks these records. They're indicating that our world's energy needs are gonna to have to be increased uh, to be met by 37%. In other words, our energy supply is going to have to increase by 37% in order to meet our energy needs by the year 2050. So if you think about how we're going to achieve that and how we're going to realize that, we need more of all forms of energy. And fossil fuels uh, will continue to make environmental progress, will continue to have lower emissions, but we will also continue to be a big part of our energy future. Uh, that's just the reality of it. You know, a lot of times we talk, we hear this this phrase, energy transition. And so I'm wondering if you can really talk about what, what you like to call energy addition. 
You know, when I think about our energy needs, Shana, and where we're going in the future, if we eliminate energy sources without a readily available, affordable alternative, that harms humanity. That removes options from people who can afford it really the, the least. Uh, Stanford University, they um, couldn't, couldn't be here in Texas, I'm sorry, but we, we appreciate their work anyway. <laughs> Stanford just released a study that stated to fund the energy transition, to build the infrastructure that is necessary to fuel our world, it would take $62 trillion. That's trillion with a T. Trillion with a T. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I, I think we've become insensitive to the kind of dollars that we're talking about, but I want to put that in perspective. The United States of America last year, okay. you know how much they're, how much money they spent? Bigger than a red box. I mean, probably too much. That part is definitely <laughs> true. The United States government spent $6.2 trillion last year to fund everything that our government does. Now, when we think about $6.2 trillion, that means to fund the energy transition, we would need 10 more United States of America spending of $6.2 trillion, 10 more, and that they wouldn't be funding our roads. They wouldn't be funding our military. They wouldn't be funding the social services safety net that our nation has built over these years. And that's just to fund the energy transition. The point is, those are real dollars, and I don't think those are there. So let's take that down to, um, to a state level. So the Texas budget for fiscal year 24-25 biennium is uh, $321.3 billion, which means we would need a, another 192 more Texas budgets for that energy transition. Well, I think 192 more Texas is a great idea. <laughs> I think that's the solution we've been looking for. We found it in episode one right here. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know, a candid conversation about oil and gas needs to be one that's science-based, that's based in logic, and one that uh, is it, really allows society to recognize that there are those, unfortunately, that are putting information that I'll call it misinformation. I'll, I'll be I'll be kind of nice there. I did I did hear a term last week in a book I was reading that okay. I thought fit here though. All right. They called it truth decay. Now that's a great dad joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> dad jokes are good things. It's. We, we hear things, we hear bits and pieces of things, and some of it may be accurate. Right. I mean, look, every time you build a home, you clear off a pad site, you may push down some trees, but you build a really nice home that you enjoy, right? And then you landscape around that, and you, and you do things to improve your environment. I kind of think that's what oil and natural gas is doing. Yes, we drill wells, we build pipelines, we build refineries, we have ports that export products that improves lives around the globe. I can't think and or imagine with what's going on in the globe today, if people weren't able to rely on Texas and the United States of America, where our world would be meeting their energy needs. People really suffer when that is not possible. And the thing that I like about oil and natural gas is they are improving our environment each and every day with a tremendous amount of dollars that they're investing. And you work on those issues, I know, at Texoga, Shana. Yes, I really feel like it really gets lost in the um, the shuffle of everyday news articles, how much our industry is doing. Um, I get to work with the Texas Methane and Flaring Coalition, which is an industry-led group of operators and trade associations like Texoga um, that work on on ending, ending routine flaring by 2030. 
uh, we're working on reducing emissions. And so we've actually seen methane emissions drop year after year in the Permian Basin. And they've fallen over 76% the lowest value in decade while we're still continuing to increase production. So we're still providing that value, but we are also um, being concerned and being thoughtful about the environment. We've also seen air quality improving with um, a 70% drop in pollutants since 1970. Shanna, those were amazing numbers that you just talked about. And it, it, we don't hear that on the we daily news topics. And I get it. There's a lot of other information. Uh, football, sports. I'm, I'm, I'm glad football season's over myself at this point, for, for the most part anyway, <laughs> since my team didn't do what I expected. But, but the point is this. Those numbers that are very impressive and that does confirm environmental progress is being made have been made while production has been skyrocketing. I mean, emissions have decreased while production has gone up. And I think that is a real testament to the innovation uh, of the industry, to the technology of the industry. I think it says that and confirms that energy is being delivered more affordably, more reliably than ever before, and then environmental progress is really being made. And one, one other thing I want to touch on before, before we move on is um, there are also some national groups that work on this. And so we have the Environmental Partnership um, that kind of runs parallel to the Texas Methane and Flaring Coalition, where they have reporting requirements for companies and um, best practices just like the Texas Methane and Flaring Coalition so that um, we can see the, the trends and progress and the, the tremendous strides that our companies are making. You know, Shannon, one of the things that impresses me about the Texas Methane and Flaring Coalition, you mentioned some national organizations. We have state-based organizations that are participating in that effort with Texoga. It's uh, many different oil and gas companies are also participating. And I think that sends the right message. This is not just one effort, even a kind of a big effort of just our companies. It's companies and associations all across the state that are committed to really addressing the concerns that we've heard about and that do need to be addressed. Absolutely. And I think our members acknowledge that. Absolutely. You know, we are focused on oil and natural gas. Obviously, that powers the Texas economy. It funds the Texas economy. But we also recognize that there are other forms of energy that are being developed. We recognize that renewables are being developed. Uh, we see wind towers across Texas. We see solar panels across Texas. Oil and gas companies are actually investing in some, in some of those activities. Absolutely. But oil and gas companies are also looking at hydrogen, uh, ammonia, and other forms, biofuels. The thing about it is oil and natural gas companies have made modern life better and they're continued to this commitment looking toward the future as well. I definitely know if you flew out west um, and you pass over the Permian Basin, you would see wind farms and solar panels right next to, um, to rigs. That's right. You, you do. And that's okay. And we're, we're fine with that. We, we believe that uh, an all of the above energy approach, we don't think the government needs to really be picking winners and losers in this process. We've seen a lot of that these last few years. But we know that consumers want affordable, reliable energy. When I think about that, Shana, I know that you spent a lot of time working with companies and working with regulators in regard to what happened in Winter Storm Uri. Uh, we're in winter now, so we're thinking about that a little bit in our lives. Uh, we know that there are new products that are being developed. Batteries are being developed more and more. Uh, and that's okay. That's a, that's a responsive power source that can be added to um, the electrical grid. That's right. 
you know, actually batteries really provide a, an, a service to our grid to help provide that reliability. I, that's right, they do. And consumers just want their lights to turn on, right? That's right. And natural gas is a key component of our energy source today. Natural gas directly goes to homes through pipelines and fuels, uh, water heaters and stoves. Uh, cooking with gas is a good thing. That's right. It, 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 you know, and, it, and it's the power source for some uh, central heating units and those kinds of things. And natural gas is also used uh, in the electric generation business. Uh, natural gas does not put electricity directly on the grid. Power generators do that, but it is a big part. And we recognize that we have to have these dispatchable sources because our, our intermittent sources are not immediately responsive if the weather doesn't cooperate. And that's why we need to continue to grow this dispatchable power source so that we can really meet our needs. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that um, it kind of comes to, uh, can't we all just work together? I mean, I feel like there are so many things that we can agree on rather than disagree on. I think finding those areas of agreement is exactly what we need to be doing. Um, and, there, and that's the way Texas was built. Texans are very pragmatic. They want solutions that work and they're committed to rolling up their sleeves. And they also believe in accountability. And they also believe in transparency about the way their government operates, about the way uh, our electric grid is operated, about the way oil and natural gas is produced. And Shana, that's why we started Texoga Talks, is so that we can deliver a candid conversation about our energy needs, our energy future. And we're looking forward to information from our viewers about topics that they want to hear so that we can continue this dialogue. That's right. And I, I, I do want to put a pin on that um, last comment that you just made. But I know that Texoga, along with our other trade associations, will work with state legis legislators and with stakeholders um, to develop policies that really promote economic growth, um, energy freedom, global stability, and environmental progress? I think growth, global stability, mm -hmm. uh, environmental progress, those are all good things that you mentioned there. And that really does need to be the focus because if we're at home, we're trying to raise our families, we're trying to uh, advance in our jobs, we do want growth in our economy. We want global stability. Mm -hmm. We want environmental uh, progress and we want energy freedom because they're all important on how we build our family. And they all work together. We can have all of those. I also want to say that um, I think we've had a really good conversation here today, very candid if you would. Um, <laughs> and uh, I know that we will continue to have um, through this po podcast a balanced conversation when there's a lot of chatter out there. We, we want to make sure that we're coming to the forefront on those hot topics that we want to hear from, from our listeners. Uh, what you want to talk about and um, help broaden perspectives. And we'll be doing that each and every episode when we bring to you the latest information on oil and gas, what's happening in our state, what's happening in our nation, and we may even take a look about what's going on in the world mm -hmm. because world stability is important for everyone. Absolutely. I also encourage our listeners to visit texogainsurance.com. So the Texas Oil and Gas Association Workers' Compensation Safety Group gives a group member a premium discount based on the premium of the entire group, regardless of individual premium size. Eligible policyholders can earn an additional discount by participating in the Texas Mutual Insurance Company's Worker Comp Healthcare Network. Safety is very important to this industry and uh, keeps uh, people safe and healthy, and that's what we're trying to do. Absolutely. I also want to remind our listeners to visit texoga.org. You'll have um, a plethora of information um, from good stats, from those great resources from Dr. Foreman, 
and so much more on our website. So check that out. Also, be sure to follow TechSoga on all your social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Shane, thank you for joining us on episode one. I'm glad we kicked this off together. I know we'll have many more conversations as we present new data for our listeners. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us for the first episode of TechSoga Talks, where energy meets insight. The views expressed on this podcast are not intended and should not be construed to be the views of any particular Texoga member or company. The purpose of this podcast is to engage in candid conversations about energy needs, energy security, and the future of energy.